What if, with the right mindset, anything is possible? Join us now and find out how. It's time for the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Join us as successful life coach Marla Tabaka is here to inspire you and her clients to explore, discover, and live your dreams by developing what she calls the Million Dollar Mindset. Today, Marla is here to inspire you to take action on your dreams and reveal secrets to success that will help you realize your own unique power with the Million Dollar Mindset. Today, she'll share heartwarming stories, teach you tips and tricks to building a successful business, plus how to unlock the secrets to creating a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset. And now, here's your host, Marla Tabaka. And hey, hey, welcome to the show today. As always, I'm thrilled to have you here. It's a lovely Monday in Chicagoland, and, and we were just talking off air about the weather. And uh, I made a confession, and I, I asked the folks not to say anything, but you know what? I'm going to announce it on air anyway because I'm crazy. I love the kind of weekend we had here in Chicago. One day was rainy and gloomy, and one day was sunny and beautiful. So it gave me a nice mix of the indoors and outdoors without guilt. So bring it on, bring it on. I can handle that weekend rain. It's all a good thing. We have a fun little surprise coming up in just a couple of minutes. And today we're here to talk about the things that ultra productive people do differently. These highly successful people are more productive than you can even imagine. And I'm going to reveal some of the secrets, some of the commonalities I see amongst those those uh, way heavy producers. And uh, if you listen to this show regularly, you know how I feel about heavy-duty multitasking. I've cited so many studies on what a time sucker uh, multitasking is and how hard it is on the brain. But some people think that they have a special gift for multitasking. And I say, well, you can tell yourself that, but here's the real scoop. And by that, I mean one of my studies that I like to cite, of course. The Stanford researchers compared groups of people based on their tendency to multitask and their belief that it helps their performance. They found that the heavy multitasker, those who multitask a lot and feels, feel that it boosts their performance, were actually worse at multitasking than those who like to do a single thing at a time. So those frequent multitaskers performed worse because they had more trouble organizing their thoughts and filtering out irrelevant information. And they were slower at switching from one task to the next. Ouch. So if you think you got a gift, put on a timer, do something like that. Why don't you test it? Multitasking reduces your efficiency and your performance because your brain can only focus on one thing at a time. When you try to do two things at once, your brain lacks the capacity to perform both tasks successfully. But because my opinion isn't the only opinion in this world, I'm bringing on one of my favorite, very, very successful people who happens to be the king of multitasking. And we're going to figure him out today if we can do that. That's a that's a really tall order. But <laughs> yeah, we're going to talk to Jason Gary. And, and Jason started his first business when he was just 10 years old. I think his mother was probably really, really grateful for that because he had to be a pain in the butt if he stuck around the house too long. It was a skateboard shop that he operated right out of his garage, and he generated about $150 a month, which allowed him to buy his first boombox radio 
and uh, became a pretty cool breakdancer after that, you know, tuned into those breakdancing tunes in 1991 jason enlisted in the u.s air force received two certificates of appreciation and a uh mentorious service medal and is very proud to have served his country so i hope he'll forgive my cracks about the music before we came in live to this show he went on to to own several businesses after that and some franchises and today he's currently hosting the critically acclaimed big pitch radio show where you will also find yours truly as of last week and that show airs in 32 markets and can be heard by nearly 8 million listeners and jason is also the founder of you know i'm kind of laughing inside as i'm reading this here because i'm thinking yeah this guy is a good multitasker he does a lot of stuff yeah he's the founder of business radio networks which hosts a series of shows including ceo roundtable and uh business radio networks is the home of an additional 75 shows that are going nationwide June of 2016. So he's ramping up over there. So Jason, the king of multitasking, dude, how are you today? Well, I'm great. I'm great. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Oh, it's so much fun to have you. So, so Jason, I've known you only a short while, but I, I know quite a few things about you that many people may not wish to know. And that's right. Yeah, right. <laughs> and one of them is like, man, you do like a hundred things at once. Do you, so, so do you? Are you one of these people that steps up and says, "Hey, I am the king of multitasking"? Was that true? Well, I, you know, it's interesting. You know. You know, I think I, I think I had to learn how to multitask out of necessity because, and again, this is, and I want to bring some clarification to what I mean by multitasking, right? Because, you know, multitasking, I agree that the brain can really only think about one thing at a time. It's really hard to have one conversation and then be thinking about something else while being totally immersed properly in either one of those tasks. So I do agree with that. So I think there's, I want to distinguish what I mean by multitasking and really kind of drill down more defined what I think about when I think about multitasking. Um, But yeah, I mean, you know, I've always been really, really competitive my entire life and I always wanted to be the best, the fastest, do the most. Uh, But it, you know, having grown up, I had a pretty severe case of ADHD where, I mean, it was really debilitating more than just the ADHD that you hear about out there in the world today where, you know, it seems to be just uh, everybody's got ADHD or you got some symptoms of ADHD. And everybody does. You know, you lose focus or mm-hmm. your mind races or, you know. Uh, but mine was rather debilitating. Man, I lost jobs because of it. I, you know, I, it was hard for me to hold, you know, good, solid, strong relationships and things like that. So, um, and they always wanted to push the medication and things like that. And I really shunned medication. I just wanted to just try to handle it myself and, um, and so over time, it took, you know, years and years of really working at it and just trying to calm my mind down and really work hard, um, in areas that I felt like I needed to, you know, correct, I ended up overcorrecting. And so, uh, now I'm a little, a little OCD <laughs> on a lot of things, but I just think that, you know, I always feel like, I mean, I've, we've all been, um, we've all been in situations where we've requested something from somebody, you know, in business, um, 
that it took too long to get. It was an email or a task that you needed to have done. And I just felt like I never wanted to be that person that if somebody asked for something that it would, you know, and they were expecting it to be the guy that didn't deliver it on time. And, and so it was really more born out of what I thought was necessity. Not that I said I had this goal to be this tremendous multitasker, but I, I just wanted to make sure that everybody got what they needed in a timely fashion. And sometimes that requires me to, you know, kind of work on a couple things at the same time to get that done. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you, you are, I mean, in my experience, you are a highly productive person. I can't believe how fast you knock things out. So, you know, today we're talking here about the productivity habits, I guess, the things that really productive people do differently. Do you have any thoughts on, on what you might be doing differently than the average Joe who doesn't seem to knock it out? Out of the park when it comes to productivity? Well, I will say that one of the things that ADHD did was my brain would shut down back in the day. And and the reason I lose jobs is because my mind was so fragmented mm-hmm. that it, to the layman, it would just seem that I was lazy mm-hmm. and I didn't get things done. And so, you know, again, over time, years and years and years of working at it, I never wanted to be labeled that again. And so as with anything, um, you know, practice and working at things and the more decisions you make and the more tasks you do. And I think the more proficient you become at doing them first. And Mm -hmm. then on top of that, the more proficient you become at doing them well. And so whether it's typing up an email that's crafted and it's wordsmith very nicely, or if it's putting a contract or an agreement together, or if it's, you know, putting some sort of a brochure together or whatever it may be, that took time to develop those skill sets that allowed me to do them very, very quickly and to, you know, put my words on paper very well or in an email very well or whatever. And then I um, added the component of just doing them right now, not waiting, because mm-hmm. I always felt like if I, if I didn't get it done right now, that I would forget about it or I would lose focus on it or I wasn't in the moment. So any chance I have to do something right now, and especially – if it's a priority, and most things in my world are now a priority because I've outsourced things that I can, you know, focus on the main things right now. That's where I've sort of evolved my skill set to where, you know, I think the more decisions I make, the better I become at making them. The more tasks I do, the better I become at, ma- at doing those quickly and, and good and things like that. So, you know, I'm of the philosophy that unless you can, unless you have a, a really important excuse as to why not to get something done right now to just do it right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, um, you are not a guy who plays around with excuses. I know because we were just texting and like you were in the middle of broadcasting on your own show <laughs> and you're answering all of my questions. That's crazy. Right. Right. And I, I will say this though. I mean, I do believe that, you know, we talked about it. I don't know when we're going to break, but when we talked about it, um, you know, depending, I think it depends on where you're at in your life, whether you could adopt some of my philosophies or not. For instance, if you have a, a good amount of time to develop these school skills and, and work at them and you're not in your rush to you know, build this big business or this big empire or whatnot, then I think it may make sense to at least look at some of the things I do. But on the flip side of it, if you're in the throes of something that's very, very important right now, um, I may not suggest adopting some of my philosophies because – 
it does take a while to build the skill sets. And again, I didn't have like a direct path. I don't have an instruction manual or anything like that. I can just tell you the more that you do of it, the better to come at it. But you may not have enough time to develop those skills to get them good enough to where they can, it, it'll bear the kind of fruit that you're hoping it'll bear. Yeah, it's kind of like, you know, warming up for that marathon, how you have to build up to it. So, so Jason, we have less than a minute left here and uh, actually 30 seconds, I'm told. So tell us where our viewers can find you, our listeners can find you. Well, yeah, you can go to BigPitchRadio.com. There's a great show over there that we do. Marla obviously has mentioned that she's been on the show and she's now co-hosting the show with me. So you guys check me out over there. DiamondBusinessAdvisors.com. We do a ton of work with tons of small businesses. But yeah, I would say just, uh, you know, fix out there. So Great. Thanks, Jason. Gary, we'll talk soon. All right, Marla. Thank you. Unlocking the secrets in you to create a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marlon Tabaka. And we'll be right back after these. Have you heard? The pages of American Patchwork and Quilting magazine come to life on our new weekly online radio show, American Patchwork and Quilting. Join Pat Sloan, our blogging and quilt designer host, as she talks about the latest trends, ideas, and inspirations. Her guests include quilt pattern designers, authors, quilt shop owners, and our editors, All quilters, just like you. Call in with your questions. Get quilting tips from industry experts. Learn about free patterns. Hear behind-the-scenes stories from our magazines, American Patchwork and Quilting, Quilt Sampler, and Quilts and More. Get the scoop on free stuff. And find out more about the best independent quilt shops in North America. To listen to a live show, tune in Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Just log on to allpeoplequilt.com slash radio. To hear past shows, go to iTunes and search for American Patchwork and Quilting Radio. We hope you'll join us because we know that quilting changes everything. This is the Toginet Radio Network, radio with a cutting edge. In today's business world, a helping hand or idea that doesn't come with an invoice is a treasured find. And if that happens to you, then you need to pay it forward to keep other entrepreneurs from making mistakes or getting a raw deal. It's called Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi. Wednesday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central. Josephine is going to have the guests describe their accomplishments, the lessons they've learned, both good and bad, and then sharing those pieces of knowledge as we create a movement of Paying It Forward. For more information about Josephine, her business, and background, you can go to MyMomKnowsBest.com. Josephine Girasi has always been a problem solver. She saw this need and has turned it into a movement. It's Paying It Forward. With tips, tools, and advice, and hard lessons learned, these pieces of knowledge can make a huge difference for you, your business, and others. So join us for Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi, Wednesday mornings at 10 a.m., 9 a.m. Central, on toginet.com. Welcome back to the Million Dollar Mindset. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it all starts with attitude, and Marla is here to help. It's the Million Dollar Mindset on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Marlon Tabaka. 
Well, there we have it. Some uh, fun words of wisdom from Jason Gary. Yeah, make sure to head on over to Big Pitch Radio and uh, listen to us on air. It airs every single day at 3 o'clock Eastern Time, so I hope to see you there. So we're here talking about those wonderful, wonderful things that really ultra-productive people do differently. And uh, believe me, you know... I've had I've had lessons from the best of them. So this is good stuff. You know, we all want to get more out of life, right? And there's arguably no better way to achieve this than finding ways to do more with the precious little time we've all been given. And again, we've all been given that same 24 hours. And it, it feels just really incredible, really wonderful when you leave the office after a really highly productive day. It's just a high that's hard to beat. And you go into the next day and you just play off of that productivity. Wonderful, wonderful stuff. So with the right approach, you can make this happen every single day. You don't need to work longer or push yourself harder. You just need to work smarter. And ultra-productive people know this. As they move through their days, they rely on productivity hacks that make them far more efficient. They squeeze every single drop out of every hour without expending extra effort. So let's take a look at some of the tips that I've garnered over the years and um, see what we have here. All right. So the first one is that they never touch things twice. Okay. Productive people never put anything in a holding pattern because touching things twice is a huge time waster. Don't save an email or a phone call to deal with later. And and Jason was talking about exactly that at the top of the show. Now, we're going to talk more about this because I'm going to put some caveats on this. But as soon as something gets your attention, you should act on it, delegate it or delete it. All right. And these really productive people, they get ready for tomorrow before they leave the office today. Every day they prepare for the next. And uh, I definitely tend to do that one. I, I, I think it's really important. And on the days where I'm either too exhausted or my day has gone too long or I've got some fun party to go to, you know, like I do practically every night, mm-hmm, then I do it very early the next day. I make sure that I'm up early enough the next day to really plan out what my day looks like and and do what I need to kind of put in order for that day to be very productive. So it just takes a few minutes. It's a great way to end your work day. And for every few minutes spent organizing, an hour is earned back, as Benjamin Franklin says. All right, here we go. Number three. These productive people, they eat frogs. Yep, you heard me right. They eat frogs. Eating a frog is the best antidote for procrastination. And ultra-productive people start each morning with this tasty treat. In other words, they do the least appetizing, most dreaded item on their to-do list before they do anything else. And I would add to this that when, when you're figure out what your most highly productive time of the day is. And this might contradict what I just said. When are you most productive? When is your energy the highest? This is another good time to do the things that you don't like to do. And and I learned that um, because I used to try to schedule my clients in my most highly productive part of the day, which for me is morning. 
And I thought, wow, you know, I have all this energy to give them and, and it'll be great. And I did that for years. And then the afternoon would come and I'd be like, oh, God, I got to work out that marketing plan and I have to work on that spreadsheet and I have to look at these numbers and, and all the things I don't like to do is horrible. And then I finally figured out that working with my clients is a high, okay? I get so, so pumped up when I work with my clients. And so I can be exhausted. And as soon as I hear that client's voice, bam, I'm on. And I'm I'm productive and I'm energetic. So I started scheduling the bulk of my clients later in the day, in the afternoon. And for me, that's like anytime after 12. And uh, I found that I feel so much better at the end of the day, too, because instead of my energy just ebbing and and sinking to rock bottom like it used to, I'm keeping that energy level up. I'm sustaining that energy level. So a couple of things there, you know, get the things you don't like to do out of the way first thing. Now, I know a lot of people who are most energetic in the evening. So, well, first of all, I would say go have some blood tests and such because your cortisol levels are supposed to be higher in the morning than they are in the evening. So you're probably eating wrong and such. But whatever, if that's you, if you're more energetic in the evening, then maybe that's the time of the day that you eat your frog. All right. So figure that out between those two things, getting them out of the way first thing or whenever your highest energy level is. All right. So, boy, everything's urgent, isn't it? Well, highly productive and successful people fight the tyranny of the urgent. The tyranny of the urgent refers to the tendency of little things that have to be done right now, right now in the way in and letting them get in the way of what really matters. So, this creates a huge problem because urgent actions often have little impact. So in other words, if you're spending the day putting out fires, and this may be you if you have some really demanding clients or you have employees who are always pulling on your apron strings, then you're seeing these things as urgent and you're spending your time doing these things and you're not seeing productivity at the end of the day. So you're not seeing a lot taken off of your to-do list. If you succumb to the tyranny of the urgent, you can find yourself going days, even weeks, without touching the important stuff. And frankly, I have clients who have gotten so ensconced in this rut, the tyranny of the urgent, that they're very rarely productive in terms of growing their business. And years, years can go by. I had a client once who came to me after 15 years in business and her revenues have been stale for 15 years. And yet she had a very, very scalable business model, but she was stuck. She had three employees who, for some reason, enjoyed asking her all the questions and she just ended up doing things on her own instead of letting their her employees um, pull their weight and do their job. So productive people are really good at spotting when putting out fires is getting in the way of their performance, and they're willing to ignore or delegate the things that get in the way of real forward momentum. And I have to tell you, if you have employees who are constantly, um, as I said, pulling at your apron strings, you know what? They may not be the ones who need the improvement. You're the one 
who needs the improvement. And you'll find that little tidbit, little jewel on ink in my 51 rules for uh, extraordinary leadership, ink.com slash author slash Marla hyphen tobacco. And, and really, and what I mean by that is you're enabling your employees by finishing projects for them, by over explaining projects, by not letting them have the freedom and the leeway and the creativity to figure it out. And so that kind of puts you in that, um, <clears throat> that controlling, <laughs> under that controlling label over in that column. So, Watch out for that. I've talked about that quite a bit on the show, and uh, we'll always be talking about that kind of thing on on this show because it is uh, really a foundational factor to success. So these folks also stick to the schedule during meetings. They don't waste your time. They don't waste their time. These folks, these wonderfully successful folks, don't like to waste anyone t- anyone's time. So meetings can be the biggest time suck ever, okay? Ultra-productive people know that a meeting will drag on forever if they let it. So they inform everyone at the onset that they'll stick to the intended schedule. This sets a limit that motivates everyone to be more focused and more efficient. So... Always have an agenda in your meetings, but again, I want to place a caveat on that because there's there's um, there's there's more than meets the eye in a lot of these these tips. That does not mean that your employees have to be so you know focused on business a hundred percent in a meeting. A lot of employees love and are motivated by those moments of. Um, citing what's good and what they've succeeded at and, you know, kind of reciting their, their wins in the meeting. And I think that we need to offer that in our employee meetings to say the least. But when you're in a client meeting or what have you, you know, stick to that agenda and they'll appreciate you and you may just, uh, uh, land an upgrade on that client, or if it's a prospect, bring that prospect in nice and sweet. All right. So the next one, this is a big one too. They're all big one. You know, they're all so important. I know I keep saying that for everyone. This is really important. This is really big, but hey, that's because they are successful and productive people can say this magic single syllable word. No, no. It just kind of dances off their lips without an issue. But for some people, that word no is the biggest, most difficult word in the English vocabulary. Okay? No is a powerful word that really productive people are not afraid to use. When it's time to say no, avoid phrases like, well, I think I can, or I'm not so certain, but maybe I can. I'll see what I can do. No, say no. At worst case scenario, say, let me think on, on that for about 24 hours and get back to you. If, if you're tempted to say yes and you know you shouldn't, you don't need to deliver an answer right away. So lots of research backing this up. And uh, one of them is, is that uh, the people who show more difficulty saying no 
those are most likely to experience stress, burnout, even depression. So please learn to say no. And that means to your family members too. And, and that sometimes can be the hardest. But set some rules around your space, guys, and learn to say no. This is Marla Tabaka. You'll find me at MarlaTabaka.com. I hope to hear from you there. We're going into break. See you in just a minute. Unlocking the secrets in you to create a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marlon Tabaka. And we'll be right back after these. Information about book publishing is power. The power to change your authoring life and the power to change the lives of your readers. So join us for Your Guide to Book Publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 Pacific. You'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now. As the book shepherd, Dr. Judith Bryles is in. And each week, she will include publishing professionals that will reveal tips and secrets to the author's journey. If there is a book in you, you want to listen, learn, And yes, call in with your questions each week. For more on Judith and what she can do for you, check out her website, thebookshepherd.com. It's your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Brought to you by Author You and The Book Shepherd with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Thursday evenings at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Ladies and gentlemen, tune in every Monday night during the debut episode of Paranoia Texas at 8 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. Eastern, and you will get a chance to win some very cool prizes from McDonald's, Walmart, Geek World, Red Petal Salon, and so much more. All you have to do is listen for the cue, and when you hear this music, call in. That's every Monday night at 8 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. Eastern and win those cool prizes. Have you heard? The pages of American Patchwork and Quilting magazine come to life on our new weekly online radio show, American Patchwork and Quilting. Join Pat Sloan, our blogging and quilt designer host, as she talks about the latest trends, ideas, and inspirations. Her guests include quilt pattern designers, authors, quilt shop owners, and our editors, all quilters just like you. Call in with your questions. Get quilting tips from industry experts. Learn about free patterns. Hear behind-the-scenes stories from our magazines, American Patchwork and Quilting, Quilt Sampler, and Quilts and More. Get the scoop on free stuff and find out more about the best independent quilt shops in North America. To listen to a live show, tune in Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Just log on to allpeoplequilt.com radio. To hear past shows, go to iTunes and search for American Patchwork and Quilting Radio. We hope you'll join us because we know that quilting changes everything. Welcome back to the Million Dollar Mindset. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it all starts with attitude, and Marla is here to help. It's the Million Dollar Mindset on Toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Marla Tabaka. 
And here we are with the secrets to ultra productivity. <laughs> and I want to go back for a minute to, to the one uh, that we were talking about going into break because I, I think it begs a little more discussion. The, the big no word. A lot of people have difficulty with this word because they want to please everyone. And, um, that, that really speaks to personality types quite a bit. And, and of course, that's something that's innate in all of us, as well as, uh, you know, it's the first nature versus nurture thing. Uh, we're also born with, with a lot of our qualities. And so I see a lot of people who struggle saying no because they don't want to hurt someone's feelings. Also, entrepreneurs, you know, we have that bright and shiny object syndrome, right? And, and it's hard to say no to, to certain things that seem like they could be really exciting opportunities. So again, I want to stress that creating boundaries and, and that is especially for employees and family members and clients too, create boundaries. You've heard me say it a hundred times. It's one of my favorite made up sayings. And that is that we teach people how to treat us. So if your clients and your employees and your family all expect your constant undying attention anytime they need or want it, that's what they're going to expect. And therefore, you're going to have that letdown factor really come on strong because they are going to be disappointed when you're not there for them. So go ahead and explain to people, explain the new rules, if you will, kindly. And, um, let empower your employees, let them know when you're available or even easier when you're not available. And if you have an open door policy, that's great, but that does not mean that your door is open 24 seven. It simply means that you're open to communicating and to ideas and to your employees expressing their thoughts. It uh, don't take that so literally. Okay. So just wanted to swing back around to that. And, uh, you know, you can just do this slowly. Start with one, one segment. What segment of your personal population seems to impose on your time most often? If you have employees, I suspect that it's your employees and thus you've trained them well. Uh, then next is your clients and next would be your family. So work on one population at a time by slowly explaining that you have found that it's really productive for you to stay focused and to not allow outside calls and emails and texts to come in through your day and then give them a good time. Let them know when a good time to do that would be. So you're not shutting them out. You're simply rearranging their schedule a little bit. They'll be really open to it. They will because they love you. All right. Now we talked about this a little bit earlier. And I know that Jason brought it up as well, you know, when something important comes in to act on it right away. Um, well, here's that caveat that, that I, I said I wanted to talk about. Now, ultra productive people don't always allow email and phone calls to be a constant interruption. Sure, when something comes in, as soon as they see it, they act on it right away. And that's the key, as soon as they see it. So in addition to checking email on a schedule, they take advantage of features that prioritize messages by sender. Uh, they set alerts for their most important vendors and their best customers, and they save the rest until they reach a stopping point. So some people even set up an autoresponder that lets senders know when they'll be checking email again. 
And so you don't leave anybody out there, you know, in the dark wondering, gosh, didn't he get my email? Isn't she going to get back to me today? What's taking her so long? Set that expectation just like you do with the word no. Let people know. And I'll tell you, very few people expect to hear back from an entrepreneur, from the boss, from the CEO within five minutes. So don't set yourself up that way. And this, this process, this designated times process, you know, works really well with email and phone calls and everything else you do. So if you have time slots scheduled on your weekly calendar to handle specific types of activities and you simply move those activities into those time slots, you can use color coding if you're really, really organized. How, I mean, heck, you can put them on index cards if you want to. Just have multicolor index cards. Whatever works for you because, you know, one size does not fit all in our world. So carve out times. Carve out times to do things. Um, I have clients who love making their sales and prospecting calls on Mondays and then again toward the middle of the week. And so in Monday afternoon, you'll find them on the phone. And I know that I'm not going to be hearing from them or I'm not going to schedule a session with them during Monday afternoons and like Wednesday morning or whatever their second time slot is. So everybody, accounting is another one. If you're doing your own accounting, well, I hope you get to the point where you can afford not to very, very soon because you're probably not an accountant. But if you are, if you're doing your own bookkeeping, I should say, schedule it in. And again, use that energy time. If you don't like doing your own bookkeeping, do it in your higher energy time or first thing in the morning to get it off your plate right away. And you'll feel when you do that, when you get those little pesky tasks that you don't like doing off your plate, you will feel so accomplished. It's, it's just the most wonderful feeling. And, and if you keep putting them off, well, we know how that goes too, right? Because that guilt sets in. And then every time you see something that reminds you, <laughs> I'm going on a tangent here, but you know, sometimes I tend to do this. Sometimes I'll not want to do something. And so I'll say, oh, I'll do that tomorrow. And then it's, oh, tomorrow. Then it's, and then before I know it, it's like, oh gosh, should I even contact that person? This is embarrassing. And, and it doesn't happen too often, but I understand that the rut, the rut that procrastination can get you in to the point of never doing the task ever again or putting it off. Gosh, I have clients who will confess to me that they haven't looked at a P&L statement or, or cash flow statement ever because they're afraid of it and you can't you can't do that you've got to schedule these things in and do them no matter how much you disdain or you fear the activity so work on that you may have some issues with that okay and i want to tell you that's what i'm here for for you okay so contact me we can do some coaching specifically around that goal and uh, I get amazing results with almost all of my clients when I teach them how to do things at designated times, how to get past the fear of looking at things and doing things that they don't like to do or that they're um, uncertain about or that they have these misconceptions around. So contact me. Go ahead and reach out at Marla at MarlaTabaka.com. That's Marla at MarlaTabaka.com. We'll set up a time to chat just casually. And of course, complimentary. It's no charge to you to see if we're a good match for coaching. And I'd like that. 
Here we are back at the multitasking thing. We already covered that at the top of the show. And I just want to refresh your memory here um, by saying that people who really think they're good at multitasking usually are not. And Jason really clarified a lot around um, a more healthy version of multitasking. So really think about what you're doing. If you're answering phones and emails and you're on a deadline and you're doing all these things at once, uh, it, it's it's just going to, you're going to crash and burn and you're not going to achieve anything. So that, that poor brain of yours is just praying for two solid hours to focus on one thing because that's what the brain does. It's, it's exceptional at, you know, running that extra mile. And in, when you give it that two hour segment of time to focus on one specific type of a task. So like for me writing, I can sit down and write like crazy. I can craft articles and blogs and whatnot. If I just shut off the phone, shut off the email, get into my creative corner with my little Mac, I love my Mac and, and just focus on that. And I don't let anything interfere if I expect something really urgent to come in, then it may be, you know, the exception. But I try not to allow those urgencies to happen during the times I know that I'll be writing. So give that some thought. All right. We've got a few more for you. We're going into break in a couple of minutes. But here is one that I think that even some successful people don't do often enough, and that is to go off the grid. And just give your number or the place you'll be to one trusted person and specify that it's only in case of emergency and let that person be your filter. Everything has to go through them. And anything they don't clear has to wait. This strategy is a bulletproof way to complete high-priority projects, and it's a great way to take care of yourself, too. I'll tell you, what I love to do, honestly, is I'll disappear to a, a beautiful hotel for the weekend, and it's local. It's here in Chicago, and I'll just disappear for, for the weekend or for three days or sometimes even two days during the week. And nobody knows where I am except maybe one trusted friend and, and, and my daughter, um, and my assistant. And they all know I'm there to complete something that's very important to me when I have a big, major, major goal. So give that a try. And it can just be for hours. Sometimes I'll just go sit in a hotel lobby and, you know, work from there. It doesn't have to be all day long. So coming back, I've got two more wonderful tips for you, tried and true, from some of the world's most successful people. Because I love to pick people's brains when I have the opportunity to interview them for, for the show or for one of my articles. And I, I dive deep here and I, I get everything. I get every little tidbit of information I can out of them. And it's always fun to re realize that I'm already doing these things, a lot of them anyway, certainly not all of them. So it's a special little perk I have in life and I love. And that's because of you. That's because you're here listening to the show. And uh, so you're providing the platform for that. And I thank you so much. So again, make sure to find me over on Inc. and uh, check out my articles. I hope you find them helpful. I hope you find them helpful. That's Inc.com slash author slash Marla hyphen tobacco.
Unlocking the secrets in you to create a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marlon Tabaka. And we'll be right back after these. This is the Tokinet Radio Network. Radio with a cutting edge. Congratulations on being the proud owner of an adorable, soft, cuddly, sweet-smelling, smiling, cooing, hungry, tired, gassy, screaming little bundle of joy. So now what? Where's the owner's manual for this thing? Where are my instructions? Right here. It's baby and toddler instructions with Blythe Lipman on toginet.com. Infant care specialist Blythe Lippman has worked with babies for over 20 years and works extensively with new parents providing workshops, in-home visits, tips, and daily phone calls to ease those frazzled nerves. With baby and toddler instructions, you can get the advice you need on how to survive and enjoy your baby's first year. For more information on Blythe and how she can help you, go to babyinstructions.com. From 32 ways to stop a baby from crying to 14 ways to get a baby to eat and so much more. It's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lipman on toginet.com. Secret Cuisines and Sacred Rituals is a quest, a place, and a feast. Join host Vilasi Venkatachalam every week to explore myths, mystique, old medicine, and brilliant modern solutions through a dazzling kaleidoscope of cuisines, cultures, and cures. This is the place where tribes gather, strangers and familiars, to be memory keepers and makers of our evolving, enduring, evergreen, spoken legacy of wisdom and ingenuity. In Velocity's words, when we do old things in new ways and new things in old ways, we paint with an inspired palette, weave our own healing traditions, and become our own guru. Velocity is a troubadour of secret cuisines and sacred rituals. She collects stories of wisdom, ingenuity, and grit. She believes wellness and transformation happen when you stand at the threshold of delight and discovery. She displays her hidden penchant for drama when she leads the safari at the supper club. Her favorite pastime is to extol the marvels of cuisines, cultures, and cures. To her audience in workplaces, seminars, and salons, her mantra is, be your own guru. She is a biochemist, botanist, and alchemist who likes to churn delightful, useful things from a brew of art and science, ancient and evolving, old medicine and new cures. Join Velocity every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, only here on the WooHoo Radio Network. Welcome back to the Million Dollar Mindset. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it all starts with attitude, and Marla is here to help. It's the Million Dollar Mindset on Toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Marlon Tabaka. And we're here talking about some great productivity hacks for you and uh, these taken from my own life and that of, of other really highly successful and productive folks. So thanks for being here today. Again, you can find me at MarlaTabaka.com and check out my articles over at Inc.com and uh, on Big Pitch Radio as well as of last week. So that's been fun too. So here we are in the final stretch. And one of the 
one of the things that important, important, I'm sorry, I wanted to say one of the important things that successful people do is delegate. And, and one of my favorite stories around this is the Henry Ford story uh, when he was having some legal battles around his company and uh, whether or not he was actually fit to run Ford Motor Companies, believe it or not. And he was in the courtroom and they were trying to prove that he was mentally unfit to run his own company. And and someone said he doesn't even know how to blank, blank, blank or blank, blank, blank. You know, and the judge asked him, is that true, Mr. Ford? And Mr. Ford said, well, yeah, that's absolutely true. But I'll tell you what, I can snap my fingers right here in the courtroom within 30 seconds, get that answer for you. Hello. He he maintained control of his company, right? So that's what successful people do is they surround themselves with people who can do the jobs even better than they can. And then on a a smaller level than Ford Motor Companies, uh, with the smaller companies and, and the entrepreneurs who don't have a lot of experience doing this, that's a real struggle because there's a need to control and there's a lack of trust and delegation. But ultra-productive people, really successful people, accept the fact that they're not only smart, they're not only they're not the only smart ones in the room, okay? They're talented and they've got other talent in their organization because they've hired great talent and they trust people to do their jobs so that they can focus on their own job. So delegation is a win-win when when it's done right and to determine when it's most appropriate i've got a five a few uh key questions you can ask yourself and that is is there someone else who has the expertise to complete the task or someone who can be be taught the expertise to complete the task essentially this is a task that someone else can do ask yourself that is it Is this a task that someone else can do or is it critical that you do it yourself? And and let go of that. No one can do it as well as I can thing. That is not the reason for doing it yourself because that is a lie. That is a lie that you're telling yourself. Okay. Another question is, does the task provide an opportunity to grow and develop another person's skills? Right? You want to help your employees empower themselves by providing them opportunities to learn and grow. And so you're enabling your employees to stay thinking small if you don't give them bigger and greater opportunities. Here's another question you can ask yourself. Is this a task that will reoccur in similar form in the future? And if the answer is yes... That means, guess what? You're going to be spending your time in the future doing this task over and over and over again. Successful entrepreneurs don't do things over and over and over again. They find strategies and formula and systems to get it done in another way. And here we are. Do you have enough time to delegate the job effectively? Time must be available for adequate training and for questions and answers, for opportunities to check progress, and for rework that is necessary. Again, one of the the famous Marla Tabaka caveats, because there is no one-size-fits-all, if you constantly say to yourself, I don't have the time to train, then you have a bigger issue on your hands than the simple question of, is this something I should be doing or not? You have to, you must find 
time and create systems to train effectively. Okay. And the final question I put together for you here is, is this a task that I should delegate? Tasks critical for long-term success, for example, recruiting the right people for your team. Those do need your attention. Okay. Now you'll get to a point perhaps where you'll have an HR division and then it needs some of your attention, perhaps, unless you're planning on growing into a multi-billion dollar business. Um, but it doesn't need to consume all of your attention. So if you answer yes to some of these questions, then these jobs may be worth delegating to. And again, we go back to that. Nobody can do it as well as I can, or they just can't get it right. And I'm here to tell you, plain and simple, that's your fault, okay? Because you've done one of two things. Either you haven't given your employees that opportunity to learn and grow and empower themselves by by offering them the tools and the resources and the support to do so, or your hiring abilities really suck, You're not hiring the right people. So again, in my 51 rules over there on Inc., you'll, you'll find that, that, uh, you know, if people aren't doing it right, it's nobody's fault but your own. So please, please think about that instead of maintaining a relationship with employees who are not working out. Take a look. Did I hire wrong? Or have I not given this employee everything they need to become all that they can become with this company. So please think about that. And finally, technology. All right, technology gets a bad rap because we're always saying that it's it's it takes just it, it distracts us from things that are important. But technology can really help you focus. Technology can really help you put things in order and create systems, of course. So ultra-productive people seek out technology that works for them. So beyond setting up those filters we talked about in their email accounts and things like that, they use apps like IFTT. Um, so IFTTT, sorry. Um, that sets up contingencies on your smartphone and alerts you when something important comes in. So you can set that criteria up And so only the things that pass through those filters are going to come to you for periods of time. This way, when your stock hits a certain price, you know, you, you, you finally hit that golden goal. You're going to get an email and, uh, from your best customer and you'll know it right away, right? There's no need to be constantly checking your phone for status updates. There just really isn't. So. You know, find some apps out there that can make you a stronger performer. And here we go with the delegation thing. If you've got an assistant or you've got a tech person or even maybe somebody in your personal life is really, really strong at tech and, man, they they use apps. I have a girlfriend that, oh, my gosh, she uses so many apps I can't shake a stick at them. So instead of me going in and searching on, on certain things, I'll often go to her and say, hey, do you know of any good apps for blank, blank, blank? Okay, And, and she so often has the answer. So think beyond your business resources. Think about your personal resources too. You know, I have a brother who's technology minded too, and, and I'll go to him with certain questions instead of trying to recreate the wheel, let somebody else, you know, just guide you through it. 
So think about some things that a lot of my entrepreneurs really, really resist technology and, you know, things like Salesforce and there's so many out there like that that can make you oh, such a great communicator. It brings your team together. It helps you to really form, isolate and form in common goals. It's just amazing. It builds productivity and it builds camaraderie. Uh, so, so look into what you think can work for you and, uh, do keep an eye on some of your favorite tech blogs and, and, um, I'm trying to think of, uh, what that might be. Uh, Mashable. Mashable has some of the greatest resources. So go to Mashable.com and maybe once a month, just once a month, go over there and search a topic. And and if you think there's something out there that can help you, have somebody else do that or, or schedule it into your calendar. Really, really worth the time. So it has been a pleasure to bring you this information today. And I hope that it's been quite helpful. I've been on a productivity kick this month. So make sure to listen to the last two weeks worth of program programming, which gets like really deeper into productivity for you. And you'll see that you can uh, get a free workbook there too, that I'm happy to supply to you. So go check those out as well. And uh, hey, today over on Inc., I have suggested seven of Ariana Huffington's favorite books for personal growth. And uh, I know that Ariana hit a real difficult time in her life some years back, and she decided that she needed to embrace mindfulness into her life. And these books were integral in that that change, that life change for her. And, and that's when her life just like took off in some amazing ways. So head on over to ink.com slash author slash Marla hyphen tobacco. And you'll see my whole list, like seven years worth of content, which I hope you'll find very useful and helpful. And just look for today's article, or if you're listening to this podcast at a later time, uh, Ariana Huffington wants you to read these books um, to improve your life or something like that. But just look for her book, Rico's, and, and you'll love it, I think. Thanks again for being here on Million Dollar Mindset. Now I'm about to switch gears and, and, and go over and host Big Pitch Radio. So I hope to see you there as well in the future. And this is Marla Tabaka. Contact me if I can help you in any way. My email is marla at marlatabaka.com. You'll find me on Twitter. Come on over. Be one of my followers. I'll do my best to follow you back. And that, too, is at Marla Tabaka. Facebook page is guess what? Can you guess it? I'll give you five seconds. Really good, Marla Tabaka. <laughs> I hope to see you in social and here each and every week. Join me at 2 o'clock Eastern Time every Monday. I'll look forward to seeing you again soon. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for being a part of the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka on Toginet. If you've always known there was more out there for you, but you just weren't sure how to get there, 